0: Hey, you listening to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 170. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. And we're going to continue the arc of Level Up Yours by talking about a dirty, stinky, stank pillow deck. Now hit our... Th- Shit, I fucked it up at the very end. Dirty, Fuck. stinky, stank. stink pillow deck. Fuck, this isn't a pillow fight. This isn't the XFL <laughs> Gen 1. Mom, this is Commander Cookout. Shit. Pillow fort deck. Now hit our theme song. Hey Ryan, we're back for yet another Whirlwind Adventure. How you doing? Good, what's going down? Whole ton is going down. We're going to continue our odyssey through CCO Nations leveling up their gameplay through deck building, deck construction, and gameplay with the arc of Level Up Yours. We're going to thank an extra patron. We're going to talk about giving away mystery boosters and a super sick budget deck. But before we do any of that, we have to thank our official sponsors, face-to-facegames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. Ooh, very much so. I just got an order from them that actually had
1: cards in it for me. What? Yes. Who are you?
0: I don't know. Were any of those cards a dark misprint Visions Griffin Canyon?
1: No, but if anybody else, anybody out there in the nation has a dark misprinted Griffin Canyon from Visions,
0: get at me. (laughs) I will pay $12 for it. And then it will come in an envelope, and I will guess it, and then he will pay me $12 for it. That is the game. And it is a good game. That's the game. But seriously, though, if anybody
1: has a dark, misprinted vision, you can get at me. (laughs) (laughs) It's the last card I need for Misform Ultimus, all pimp.
0: All pimp all the time.
1: Pimp Form Ultimus is what I call it. Ah, There it is. So we've got a new deck. Hey, there's your boy. He's here till 1 last night, and he's in... This early? What is happening? That is a man that is
0: dedicated to his craft. That is dedication right there. He's leaving to go to some <laughs> other job. <laughs> <laughs> Kenan uh, Sorokan. what a good guy! Love yeah, that guy. That's, oh, can you say that? Do,
1: do other people know that he's leaving for another job?
0: No. Ah, who cares? Whatever. They yeah. they get it. Yeah. Anybody who listens to this show is going to be cool about it. Yeah. They treat him like shit, anyways. He's right to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyways, so we've got. A deck that on yesterday's pre-show we hinted at was Brando's, the opposite of Brando's favorite colors, which are red-green. Yes. So then you would know that this deck, if you were a true CCO nationalite, you would know that this deck is white, blue, and black. Gross. Brando's new taste
0: for the strategy that this deck is, I called it Stacks. You called it Pillow Fort. And I think it is more pillow-forth than stacks-y. its more pillow forth than stacksy. it has got a lot more, like, instead of setting up things that discourage your opponents from playing magic or make them unable to play magic, you are more setting up pieces to make it so that you just can't be attacked. You're setting up pieces to protect yourself and encourage them to attack elsewhere because it's just too much work to get you.
1: Yeah, okay. Okay, and I can see how that could be confused or mislabeled as stacks I think both of those terms, Pillow Fort and Stacks, both fall under the control deck umbrella. Definitely. If control is the mother term. Yes. You're controlling where your opponents attack in Pillow Fort, i.e. not at you. Right. And in Stacks, you are just making it so maybe they can't attack.
0: Yeah, or play things that attack or just don't do anything. That's right. And there's a couple of Stacks pieces in here, but they're not like... When I say stacks pieces, and all these people, oh, God, they're talking about stacks again. Nothing traditional. There's no orbs. There's no tangle wire. There's no smoke stack. There's no there's creatures nothing, that tax. There's nothing
1: round or smoky.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Or covered in barbed wire. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All of those things would be bad. Yes. Unless it was a tattoo. Like, it was oh, yeah. a skull with some smoke coming out of it with some tribal around it and some flames and some barbed wire wrapped around it. Never get that tattoo. And I'm sorry if you have one. Especially on your lower back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or on your bicep.
1: Yeah, it's fine.
0: <laughs> or on your neck. This is my second uh, wrestling reference, if you count the one back on the pre-show. Cody Rhodes, you know Cody Rhodes, Stardust. No, but I
1: seen on my news feed that there was some controversial thing about some wrestler with a neck tattoo. He and got I was a, like, oh yeah,
0: big news. He got a silly looking neck tattoo. It's one of those like mistake tattoos. Like Brock Lesnar got that cock shaped knife on his chest, and then he super regretted it. Oh, yeah. This is going to be one of those ones where Cody Rhodes is going to come on. He's like, ah, fuck, nobody takes me seriously anymore. I might as well have just got like a NASCAR track tattooed around my neck.
1: <laughs> it looked like a choker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brock Lesnar's tattoo is iconic at this point in his career. In
0: this point in this in his career, yeah, but there was a point where it was like, fuck, I just have a big dick pointing at my head. Well, uh. is what he said. Well, not- I'm sure some people would be into yeah. that. Not Brock Lesnar. No, probably not. Apparently. Mooseman's own Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Moosing on. <laughs>
1: Today, we're talking about the number one commander in its color identity, as per Brando's hint on the pre-show. It is Aloro Ageless Ascetic. So if you got that, you will be entered in to win a mitt full of mystery boosties.
0: Yes, We've got a pair of handfuls of mystery boosties to give away. Again, see the pre-show. We also have last week's deck. We're just going to... Because it's budget, it's value, it's super fun. So we're just going to give that away too. You know what? You know what about last week's deck? It was of 169,
1: 170 episodes. That was the deck that I've had more people contact me through YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, email, Facebook Messenger. That deck... I was told more times than any other deck is the deck that people will build. And that is the CCO deck that they're going to bring. No sleeves, rubber bands only.
0: Hell yeah. And I am pumped to see that. And we've had some CCO classics
1: and some CCO stinker classics.
0: Oh yeah. And I think that that one is like
1: completes the love triangle of classic, stinker, and like budget thing that people are just gonna somebody was talking about like shh, like throwing it out of the window at somebody I don't know like they're just like yeah if it loses I'm just going to throw it at somebody just leave all the cards I'll just
0: throw it in the pool I'll take all of the land out and leave the pile of cards on the table and people will go by what is this draft chaff and just leave it there you know what i mean like
1: yeah, so big thanks to everybody who interacted in some meaningful way for last week's deck because we really enjoyed it. It's fun. We're gonna give it away. Of course, any of the guesses or any positive interaction with us on
0: social media will get you entered in to win that deck. yeah, we'll we love giving away stuff. yeah, and so, and again, remember we're gonna get that shit mailed directly to your house, and I will send you rubber bands for it. <laughs> That's the greatest. Okay, and you can pick your color. I actually went out the other day and I bought a bag of multicolored rubber bands. So that the winner has choice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. should set one of each color. Hell, yeah. There you go. You get like five rubber bands, each color. You can you can just, oh.
1: You wrap a couple like um, transversely and a couple like vertically.
0: Yeah. The more I think about this, the more the more pumped I-, I am about it. I'm just excited to do this. This is great. Yes. You can't wrap it sagittally, though, because you can't split the deck
1: in half a diff- another way, unless you cut the cards. Which you could do if you wanted. Yeah, it's 25 it's, bucks. Yeah, man. It's, they're your cards. You can do whatever you want. There's your science lesson for the day. <laughs> Aloro, Pillow Fort, Level Up. We're going to teach you a couple different things this episode, but before we do, we've got one super sweet patron to thank, to shout out, to nickname, if you will. Dope. Of course, you could become a supporter on patreon.com slash cco podcast. We've got sign-up gifts, Funny Brando Alters. We've
0: got Funny Brando Alters. We've got discounts on actual Ryan Alters. And we've got CCO stickers if you're into defacing public property, deck boxes,
1: uh, running by strangers in the subway and slapping one on their forehead.
0: Oh, that'd be sick.
1: Or onto the front of their, like... Coronavirus
0: mask, <laughs> <laughs> or onto the front of your own coronavirus mask if you are somebody who wears one. Yeah, that's it.
1: Uh, wash your hands instead.
0: Yeah. 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 The masks only work if you have the virus and don't want to spread it.
1: Yeah, washing your hands is a good uh, good defense against actually getting it. Yeah. Because I don't know, I'm not into getting it.
0: Also, don't t- don't touch a subway pole and then rub your eyes.
1: Yeah. Don't lick stripper poles either.
0: Oh yeah, definitely don't do that.
1: I wonder how many people just like gagged. I wonder how many people just kind of got into that. There's probably I'll 50 bet you with equal 50 num- 50 split. Yeah, yeah. I bet you it's equal numbers. Okay. So, big shout out and thank you to hopefully non-stripper pole liquor Perry Middleton.
0: Perry Middleton. How about uh
1: Perry Megaton? Megaton.
0: I like that. That's a that's a good, that's a good I one. I do
1: like. How about Perry Megatron? I don't know. That's Meg- a that's a pretty that's a pretty has, Stout name to kind of fill the boots of, you know?
0: If I've learned anything about the mothership of Wizards of the Coast Hasbro, they will definitely sue us for that.
1: I got it. I got it. How about Perry Middletron?
0: There it he's is. He's not mega.
1: He's like just <laughs> totally middle. He's fine. <laughs> 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 oh, well, Terry Middletron. Pa- oh, wow. Perry Middletron. Welcome. I don't know why you would want a nickname. Yeah, I don't know
0: why anybody wants these.
1: But you're here now. Also, F you.
0: F you indeed.
1: That's it. So we're talking about Aloro.
0: We didn't give him a read yet. Let, let's do that. He is a 4-5 for, is this Esper? That is Esper. For Esper and 3 he has, at the beginning of your upkeep, you gain two life, and whenever you gain life, you may pay one mana if you do draw a card, and each opponent loses one life, and at the beginning of your upkeep, if Loro Ageless Aesthetic is in the command zone, you gain two life. So he's got...
1: Eminence. The original incarnation of Eminence before they called it Eminence, and you never
0: even have to cast him, and your life total can just tick up. One of my least favorite things in the game of Magic is that those, those non-interactive things. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah, and you can untap, gain your two life, and you
1: can pay one to draw a card, right?
0: Draw a card, make everybody else discard a card.
1: So he's like... And lose a life. He's like card advantage and life gain. And if you care, like, dink your opponents for one. The deck has some combo finishes in it, as Pillow Fort decks usually do. So... I think under normal circumstances, we don't really care about making our opponents lose life, but mm. some of the things that we're going to do in this deck do very much care about us
0: gaining life. Indeed.
1: Now, have you ever had an Eminence deck, a Aloro deck, or... Oh, you played Arabo, the cat guy, right? Yeah,
0: I played Arabo. you, uh, Alex used to have Aloro.
1: Yep, and I did too. Alex cared about life gain and played some of the cards that this deck did, I had Maya Lauro back in 2013, and it was like a lab man ad nauseum, like dirty stinking combo deck before mm-hmm. that was like, before CEDH even existed. <laughs> I was a trendsetter. Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so before we get into it, we've got a little bit of a write-up that Chris Betker, Chris Pudding Pop? Becker? Chris Pudding Pop. Becker, yeah. S- sent us on our Discord channel through the preferred deck list. It's one of the Patreon benefits, so get on there if you're able to. He sent us a little bit of a write-up or a novel uh, or like half the Bible ver- worth of words yep. about getting in and out of magic starting at a very young age like you and I did. Indeed. So it was relatable right off the bat. He got out of it when he started getting into uh, – when he started to get into the
0: military. No, like he was in the yeah. army. <laughs> he was in the army and just with – what are they? what's the word? Deployment? Sure. His playgroup kept kinda of getting broken up and stuff, so it was just it was tricky and I'm not sure if he's still in the military. I don't think you ever are not in the military. I don't know, military people fill us in. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that works. I think but it's it more of a culture sometimes it, once you're kind of out of it. It feels like he is now in a more not I wanna say stable place in his life, but he is in a static place where he's there, he is there is. and so he can go to the LGS, play some damn magic. He's got a a good group, a stable group, so here we are, and he took this deck from being like a pile of chaff that he bought off of eBay. Yeah, like he bought he bought like a deck on eBay. It was probably like forty bucks. Here's your deck.
1: Yeah, that's the he, thing, right? People and he do turned that. into
0: a dirty, stinking, rotten Pillowfort deck. All of
1: those things are fine, right? You yes. can play Pillowfort decks. You can play dirty, stinking, rotten decks. You can do whatever you want. This is our format. Yep. The level up that we would like to highlight and reiterate today is the importance of strong communication, right? And Chris even says at the very end of his write-up that he sent us that there's a time and a place for this deck or decks like it, and there's a time and a place for, you know, what did I say? Should have been errated to noble tribal. Yes, exactly. And we are very much into that notion because we've got decks that are, you know, not very powerful at all, very casual. Yep. And like my PrimaCon deck, there's the mention. There's the one. Take a drink. (laughs) Doesn't even win games. All the way up to like fully optimized CEDH decks, right? And it's like there's a time and a place and you just have to make sure that everybody's on the right page in terms of the play experience they want. I'm actually working on an article for Face to
0: Face. Oh, shit. You launched your first article on Face to Face. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, It's about cards that everybody wants banned, but why they shouldn't be. That's right. And you covered a bunch of stuff in that article that I think ties
1: into today's deck very well. Because as long as we're all communicating what play experience we want, and the pod is cool with, like you touched on in your article, land destruction, or Flux reservoir, or stacks, or pillow fort, or... Two hour games that this deck might play, combo finishes that this deck is gonna play. As long as we all know that those types of things are expected out of the game that we're about to bark embark on,
0: then the format can still be fun. Yeah, and the games are still gonna be good. I've talked lots of times about how how Stacks is more of a puzzle. And and Pop said the same thing in his write up about this deck. He like, said exactly that. It's like it's the puzzle, you gotta put it together. How am I gonna win? But your opponents also get to figure out, like, he's got all this crap. Like, what am I going to do to beat this? It's like you're setting up different walls in a maze that your
1: opponent has to find their way through. And every time you drop a new, you know, whatever it is, pillow fort card or stacks card, that's like a wall shooting up out of the ground. And
0: then you have to, like, divert the plan of attack that you're going to make on the deck, right? Yeah, it's, it it is a lot of fun. I mean, it can be frustrating if you're not ready for it, clearly. But if you know what you're getting into going into it then decks like these are fine and like Ryan says they can be a lot of fun to play against and it's very satisfying to beat a deck like this oh very much so uh, there's there are there are a few things i like more i like more than just kicking the fucking f- f- head of a stacks player in yeah and i'm one of them and, so
1: and that fun and that
0: challenge and that
1: satisfaction is all predicated on asking questions like hey what like how long of a game does this deck look to 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 play right it's like do you win on turn 10 at what point do you start doing powerful things do you run all of the 0 1 and 2 drop mana acceleration or is it a little bit slower like do you run thran dynamo instead of mana vault and crypt So those are the types of things. How many tutors do you do combo or do you attack to win in your Aloro control deck, right? Yeah. probably going to combo. So if I know all of these things because I'm communicating with the player, then I'm going to have a better time. Please, the only thing I ask is don't worry about giving information away. There's 20... 2,000 cards, and there's a 100-card singleton deck sitting in front of you, you're not going to give information away.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously they're going to get... If you say a Laurel Pillow Fort, people who are savvy will probably go like, okay, you're probably playing X, Y, Z, and they'll probably be right, but whatever. like, Yeah, we
1: know that you're going to be playing Ghostly Prison, we know that you're going to be playing Propaganda, you're probably going to be playing Sphere of Safety, Teferi's Protection, Smothering Tithe, we know that you're going to be playing those, so... Like, don't try and hide
0: anything. You've probably given that away already when you show them a Loro. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, just admit it and be like, yeah, I'm playing those things. This is a Pillowfort deck. You don't need to say, oh, it's a super powerful, super duper stacks deck and I only played in a CDH because this isn't a CDH deck. Also, we should point that out. That's right. Like, it's, it's very slow. It's very deliberate. It does have some... Uh, I don't want to say glaring errors in it because it's not errors, but oh, it has we can, some. We, we touched yeah. on that. We're going to talk about like mini level ups within the deck as well. Yep. There are a couple of weaknesses that could be shored up, or maybe they're left in there on purpose to keep the deck from being too oppressive so that you can still take it out and play it casually. I do like that. Because there is a level at which, like, nobody's going to want to play against this because maybe they don't have a deck that can beat it. Because there are certain decks, and I have them, that just couldn't beat this.
1: And I'll yeah, admit that, right. I have
0: decks that can't beat this deck.
1: I had almost that exact same conversation last night with a gentleman at our weekly edh and F&EDH as we also <laughs> call it, where I said, don't do this to your Animar deck, it'll make it too Fast, too powerful, too consistent, and you like you'll never want to play it against people, or people will never want to play it against you. You'll build this awesome machine gun
0: deck that you just never get to do anything with. Yeah, and you probably invested a bunch of time and money and and like thought energy and stuff, and you never get to play it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like look at Ryan's deck. He put so much time and (laughs) effort and money and like I what I think I saw you play it once last night, and then I saw you play it at the. Face-to-face games open in Regina. Once. And once. I played it
1: in Vegas once. Like in the last calendar year, I've played my Animar deck three times.
0: There it is. Right? Yeah.
1: And it's a great deck. It's super fun. It's powerful. It, it is all of the things that I want out of Magic. But when I tune it too much, it prices itself out of its meta. Right? It's like a realtor trying to sell a $5 million house. The market on that house is very small. So if I was going to be a realtor, I'd just... Sell, you know, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar houses. That's a, that's so a great ma- metaphor. So many more people can buy them.
0: That's a, that's a great
1: metaphor. There it is. I really like that. So let's get to the deck. We don't want to rag on CEDH. That's not what we're about. We we just want to make sure that we are having effective communications before and during games, so everybody has
0: fun. That's what the point of it all is. The, the right? point of the format is to have fun, and I think that with it's very topical now to talk about deck power levels and the importance of the pregame conversation i think that's because edh is trying really 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 hard to remain the casual format to that stay everybody fun loved. yeah and i think that all of this is like a it's a not in contention with cdh but it moves alongside the rise of cdh to make it important so that we know where everybody's standing and what kind of experience everybody's looking for
1: yeah two things thing one there's an influx of people coming into Commander from other formats, and they want to do the most powerful thing, and they don't quite have the, the a grasp on the depth of Commander and the culture of Commander, where it's fun and it is kind of supposed to be janky, traditionally anyways. Yeah. They just want to do the most powerful thing, and that is regarded by people who are actually playing the format as CEDH. Yes. Even if, even if what these new players are doing isn't CEDH, they think that, they're, that, that, that that's what they want to do. So that's what we call it. That's just our way of saying it, and that's everybody's fault. Us for calling it CEDH, them for not taking the time to learn more, but it just does just take time to learn about the culture of Commander. Thing two, if you want to hear more about it, check out future articles from your boys over at face 2 because I'm working on something that is exactly... Exactly that, and you have some ideas pitched that you are very into writing about to make sure that we're keeping the format
0: fun for everybody. Yes, they will work alongside one another and be a roadmap through the the minefield that is EDH. Oh, oh baby! Should we talk about the deck? I mean, oh, whatever. Let's just finish the show and yeah, let's go drink beer to hit our theme song. Now nah, we'll talk <laughs> about the deck. We'll talk about it. Where should we start, Ryan? Well, we've got some custom categories. We've got how about
1: life manip? That is dirty. That is pretty dirty. It's got a
0: bunch of dirty-ass shit. Let's do it. I assume he means life manipulation. I agree. So, Laurel Ageless Ascetic, Pillow Fort, typically you gain a bunch of life, set it up so that you can't lose any of that life, and then win the game through a combo. So, here is how you can gain some of that life. Oh, and I like them. Oh, debt to the debtless. <laughs> D to the D. Yeah. Is that like when... It's like touching tips. When That's exactly two what it is. Gu- Yeah.
1: Yep. Eiffel Towering, really long. Really lots, yeah. Okay, so black, black, white, white, X. Each D gains two. <laughs> I was trying to make it work. Each opponent loses two times X life. You gain X life. Holy times two. Shit. That card is Sh- insane. I just totally butchered all
0: of that. Yeah, you, X. Each opponent loses two times X life. You gain that much life. Got it. Yeah. All the life that gets lost, you gain it all. So you gain r- it all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is one of those symmetrical life drain effects that Wizards is trying desperately not to print, and then they just printed one. Well, like seven years ago. And who did the art on that one, Ryan? Our boy before he was famous. Yeah, before he was famous, Mr. Seb. How about Exanguinate? Everybody knows that one too. That is half of Debt to Debtless. Yes, it's the same card, but without the white. Yes. And, yeah. All right, we got Obsidet Ghost Council. Ooh,
1: this has got a novel. This is a spirit advisor, black, black, white, white, one, five, five. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent loses two, and we gain two. There's our life gain. At the beginning of your end step, you may, you exile it, right? Yep. If you do, return it to the battlefield at the end, or at the beginning of your next turn, and it gains haste. Correct. So it can always attack, even though it... It doesn't have haste, but when you exile it and return it, it gains haste. That's neat. So it still can't attack when it comes in, but it's, it comes back in after that and can.
0: Those ghost councils are difficult to deal with sometimes. Yeah, that's a cool one too. Either? I
1: just like the flavor, of the art. That's a cool card. Yeah. I we we got to do a ghost council deck, you know?
0: Spooky, maybe for Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah sure. We got we got like six months to plan. We're Lots of time to yeah. figure that out. Should we do the recursion section because it's next to the life manipulation section? Yeah, I mean, if we're reading a book, we would go left to right. That's true. All right, we're going to start at the bottom here because I want to talk about the last, the top card last because I like the name. Starfield of Nyx. That is a five drop that I recommended a couple weeks ago. It's a good card. Yeah, it turns
1: your enchantments into creatures with power and toughness equal to their converted mana cost. Very good. Yeah.
0: I don't like the art and the price tag.
1: 15 bucks, it's but y- you know what? Cheaper than Opalescence, which is like 30. It's true. Which yeah. you could play in this deck.
0: Yeah, yeah, you could.
1: That's fine. Speaking of cards that are a bunch of money, we've got to replenish. That returns all enchantments from your graveyard to the battlefield. I think we that was just in the Gerard Phoenix deck from
0: Raph Garcia that we did a couple of weeks ago. Yes, sir. And the last one in the thing, I just love the name of this card Dance of the Mance. What is a manse? I don't know. Is that like
1: short for mansion? I don't know. Is that like you or I like putting an abbreviation on something? Let's
0: see. Let's look it up. Mance is a city in France. There's a character named Mance in Game of Thrones. And according to our boys over at Urban Dictionary, Mance is uh, Meg's adorable nose crinkle. Expression. Sure. Meg's adorable nose crinkle expression based off the former UK Prime Minister Margaret, a.k.a. Meg Thatcher's facial expressions. I don't know why the hell they named a card after that, but it is where we have ended up. There isn't even a nose in this art. No. So, sorcery for blue, white, X, return
1: up to X artifacts and or non-aura enchantments with converted mana cost X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. If X is 6 or more, those permanents are 4-4 four, four, Creech. That's really cool. Yes, yeah, so you just get like X things back, and if you get like six things back, they're all creatures. Yeah, that's, okay. that's
0: neat. It's uh, it's from Eldraine, and it's Beauty and the Beast, you know, in the castle, all the furniture's alive? Yes. I think that's what that's supposed to be. That is what it is. Excellent. That's why I thought it was like Mance. It's but they like didn't the a, They didn't live in a Manson. They lived in a castle. <laughs> 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 oh, we're so lame laughing we're the, at our own jokes. We're the worst. Okay. Okay,
1: how about we go down to the Pillow Fort, the, the namesake of how you categorize the deck.
0: All right. There are 10 pieces of Pillow, port, pillow Fort goodness, starting with Crawl Space. Crawl Space. Three-mana artifact. No more than two creatures can attack you each combat.
1: Important to note that we can still attack with as many creatures as we like. Yes. Jesus. But a crested sun mare. That's a five drop, five five. Other horses you control are indestructible. And at the beginning of your end step, if you gained life this turn, you get a five five white horse creature toke. At the beginning of each end step.
0: Wow. Yeah. So if so you have some way to gain life each turn, I wonder if we do. I who knows? Let's, let's I can't say. We have Ghostly Prison and Propaganda and Sphere of Safety. We all know what those do by this point. I believe we talked about them a little bit. We have a graph Digger's Cage. Oh, God dang it. Creatures can't enter the battlefield from
1: graveyards, and players can't cast spells, cards, in graveyards or yeah, libraries.
0: Has you ever seen this card played in the wild, Ryan? Like, ever once? Do you want to die? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, along the lines of Ghostly Prison, Propaganda, Sphere of Safety, we have a Norn's Annex as well. Yeah, they people can't attack you unless they pay some amount of mana. That's what those cards do. Correct. Uh, we have a Reigns of
1: Power. Yeah, this is our first mini level up. I'm not 100% sure of what this card, like what it's doing in the deck. I'll give it a read here. It's an instant for blue, blue, two. Untap all creatures you control and all creatures target opponent controls. Until end of turn, you and that opponent switch creatures and they gain haste. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. So my mini level up with this particular card is when something is like, "Oh, I'm going to put this in here as an alt win con. If somebody's just like tapped out with a lot of creatures, i can I can steal them, right? It's like it it's not a non-bow because it's not stopping anything else you're doing in your deck. I guess it kind of is a non-bow if you have like a Starfield of Nyx and you cast your Reigns of Power and you give your opponent all their all your enchantments.
0: And then you can't hit them either?
1: Yeah, so just watch out for things that seem like they might be alternate ways to win the, the, the game when you already have two or three or four different infinite win the game combos and tutors in the deck already. I would 100% swap this out for a Light Minefield. I would 100% swap this out for any piece of Interaction. Sure. Just something like a path to exile or a counterspell or just something to continue to control where the attacks go. Like the light we, minefield. Yeah, okay. We just don't want them coming at us. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we got a Tef's Protection. That just bounces or it phases you and everything you control out until the start of your next turn. Yes. Uh, and then I have a card that I really, really enjoy in Ward of Bones. Oh, this is the nonbow with Reigns of Power. That was what I thought of. Okay, so each opponent who controls more creatures than you can't play creatures. The same is true for artifacts, enchantments, and lands. So if we have the smallest amount, they can't do anything more if they have more than us. So if we're banking on stealing creatures and we've got a ward of bones out, we top deck our Reigns of power late in the game when we have one creature, a.k.a. Aloro, and our opponents have not been able to cast creatures, what are we gonna do? Swap our Alora for their one creature and hope that that
0: kills them? Reigns of Power is just a end of turn. Yeah. So I mean, that's fine. It, guess, it doesn't.
1: But... It doesn't change the theory, right? Yeah. That's that, if, that is the truth. If they haven't been able to cast creatures for however many turns because of Ward of Bones, the Reigns of Power might not be very effective. Mm. Unless you know that every single deck in your meta that you play against has like a Blightsteel Colossus in it then that's pretty good. Yeah, but maybe.
0: the likelihood of that is <laughs> relatively low. Yes. Also, Ward of Bones, also expensive. Yeah. More Eventide, man. It's, yeah. Holy crap. Give us some mystery boosties with shadow <laughs> and Eventide only.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, should we do some targeted removal? Yeah, I just touched on it. Let's see what there is in the deck. Give me some clumps. All right, we got Anguished Unmaking, Mortify, Path to Exile, Return to Dust, Short, Swords to Plowshares, Utter End, and a Noxious Gearhulk. Ooh, Noxious Gearhulk. That is just like, that gains us life, right? Yes.
1: We destroy a creature when it enters the battlefield, and we gain life equal to its toughness. Yep. And it just happens to be a 5-4 with Menace. Don't forget that, people. It can only be
0: blocked by two or more creature. I'm glad that you said that, because I was just about to say, which one is Menace again? (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Because I get it mixed up all the time. Some of those other ones have some other uses, but... They're removal spells. Typically you know what I, removing things from the game, removal spells.
1: Yes. You know what I like? Here's our second little mini level up. Is, sure, efficient removal, like Swords and Path, is good. But having removal spread across your mana curve typically means the higher that you... The more mana you spend on your removal, the better it's going to be. A la it gets more types of things. Or it gives you maybe some extra benefit. Like... Mortify getting an extra thing, Anguished on Making getting anything, Return to Dust at 4, getting two things, Noxious gear hulk at 6, getting a creature, gaining you life, and giving you a 5-4. Yeah. If you can spread your removal, because you're going to run 6, 7, 10 pieces of interaction or removal, spread it across your curve, and as you gain more mana throughout the game, you're going to get better effects tied to your removal.
0: I like that. That's a little mini level yeah. up right there. It's like there. going from Assassin's Trophy to something else to Decimate to Wind Grace's Judgment to Casualties of War. You're yes. You're getting a more versatile spell every single time.
1: Well, you're getting a, a, a spell that is just more powerful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Let's talk about removing everything. Sure. Speaking of getting more power. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually waited a long time to say this. We have a Toxic D. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, it feels like lots of people play that card. Well, well yeah, but I I I didn't call it a toxic D. Yeah, it's like yeah, Look that up on Urban Dictionary, you'll get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So, give us give us a couple clumps. Is there any that are of particular note in this?
0: If there are, we'll talk about them. We got Toxic Deluge, Terminus, Supreme Verdict, Heliod's Intervention, Fumigate, Final Judgment. Those all get creatures,
1: some exile, some Talk, Heliod's intervention actually gets two times x artifacts and enchantments.
0: It gets two times x life, or destroy x target artifacts that's actually, and or enchantments.
1: Yeah, that's actually a good include in this deck because you care about gaining life. You care about gaining lots, so you could just go white, white x, gain two times x. Yep, it's half of your debt to the Deathless. And if you've got some of our other win conditions, y- g- gaining that two x life is that's fine.
0: It's fairly solid, yeah.
1: And destroying. X Artifacts and Enchantments is...
0: Never bad. Never bad. Not like ever you, that bad. If you
1: pay four and get two, that is instant speed return to dust, which is like a card that we're already playing in this deck that sees lots of play. So I like that include.
0: Yeah, it's a very good card. Uh, Terminus is a tuck thing, so it doesn't actually destroy so That's very good. Final Judgment removes all creatures from the game and should be a Descend Upon the Sinful. Instead, Was of... that it? Yes. What does Descend do? Descend Upon the Sinful is the exact same card, but if you have Delirium, you get a 4-4 four, four Angel. So it's the exact same card with a upside. Six mana, but
1: if you have four or more different card
0: types in your graveyard, you just get a 4-4. Four, four. Yep. It's, it, it's the same mana cost, same effect, but you can get an Angel off of it. Oh. So 100%, you should cut Final Judgment and put Descend Upon the Sinful instead. There it is. That's a thing. Moving on. Let's take a look at... We've got some Planeswalkers. Let's see.
1: I think mostly they're in here just either for value or to help us find combo pieces. So let's take a look at them real quick. We have Narset Transcendent. That is four mana Narset, six loyalty. Her plus one is look at the top card of your library. If it's a non-creature, non-land card, you reveal it and you put it into your hand.
0: That's the minus on... uh... No drawy dot card on our set.
1: Yeah, except you look at the top four. Yes. On that one. Her minus two is whenever you cast your next instance or sorcery this turn, it gains rebound. That's really, really good with sweeper cards. Yeah, or removal cards, or card draw cards, or
0: mm-hmm. any card really. Rebound's <laughs> when, real good. When you
1: can cast a card after, like, for free, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Her minus nine, you gain an emblem with your opponents can't cast non-creature spells. So that's probably just going to lock the opponent out, but you're probably not going to get that cuz rebound is too good and people will actually attack this Narset. Yes. We have a
0: Soren Markov.
1: 6 mana Soren, 4 loyalty plus 2 drain for 2, minus 3 set your opponent to 10. Jesus. Which actually is part of a combo in this deck. Yep. Or just you tend them and then you just kill them with like a Two guys. Two guys just just yeah. them That's oh God, you can make people salty with that card. Hey oh,
0: yeah, if you wanna if you wanna mine some salt, soar in somebody real early in a game. Yes. Ooh feels bad. Yeah. And then his minus
1: seven is mind
0: slaver somebody so you take
1: their next turn. Speaking of being salty that <laughs> put you to ten. Ah fuck it, I'll just take your next turn.
0: <laughs> and I'll use that comet storm in your hand to ten you. Oh dang. <laughs> Uh, another Sorin and Sorin Grim Nemesis. Six mana
1: Sorin, again, six loyalty. He's the black-white four, so you can plus one him to reveal the top card of your library, and you put it into your hand, and then each opponent loses life equal to its CMC. So it's like draw a card and drain your opponent. That's crazy. That's actually a good ability. That's super Like Who cares what else he does? Who gives a shit? Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I want to play, and I think that we are. I think we're playing some top deck
0: manipulation in this in this deck. Dude, yeah, we are. I'm going to go home and buy one of these and put it in my Atraxa deck.
1: Oh, yeah, baby. So <laughs> minus X on him. Sorin deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker, and you gain X life. So there's some instance of life gain there and removal attached to your planeswalker. Minus nine. Again, you put any number of one one black vampire knight creatures with lifelink onto the
0: battlefield. Equal to the highest life total among players. Whoa. So and you like could minus,
1: minus nine and just get like a, an army.
0: Yeah. And of life-linking like life dudes. Yeah, like an actual army. Yeah. Vampire yeah. army, like Cain and Legacy of Cain. Oh, yeah. Uh How about Tezzeret Artifice Master? You, I, I said, oh, yeah, like I knew what that was. <laughs> and I believed you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I didn't believe you. I just glossed it over because I didn't want to beat you up for not knowing what yet another thing wasn't is.
1: Yeah, my bad. <laughs> So this is 5 mana Tezzerate, 5 loyalty. Create a 1-1 one, one Thopter token with flying. That's his plus 1. His 0 is draw card. If you control 3 or more artifacts, draw 2 cards instead. And his minus 9 is you get an emblem with at the beginning of your upkeep. Sorry, your end step. You search your library for an artifact card, put it onto the battlefield.
0: Permanent card. Ooh. Fucking anything. Because why not? Because mono blue needs that, Ryan. Mono blue is not very good. And it needs to be able to search up any permanent from your deck to play for free. It needs that. It needs it. Yikes.
1: Yeah, so those Planeswalkers either further our strategy or provide us with some awesome form of card advantage.
0: Yeah, all of those Planeswalkers are very good.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I was just rubbing my eye now. I'm going to get coronavirus. Now you have coronavirus.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kyla's in Mexico right now. I wonder if she has the coronavirus.
1: She's probably drinking coronavirus. That's
0: that's what I'm saying. Like the, for, the, for like 50 cents a bottle. The meme coronavirus. Dude, I drank so much beer last time I was in Mexico.
1: I threw up black. Ooh! I high-fived a cactus, too. <laughs> <laughs> My sister fell out of bed and hit her lips on the floor, and she was, like, crawling down the hallway all bloody. It was like a horror movie. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit.
0: Holy shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't come to Mexico
0: with me. It's, oh. a, it's bad news. <laughs> all right, shall we continue moving on? We shall move on. Let's do some artifact around. We can clump these bang through them real quick. Clump them. Watch this. Arcane Signet, Azoria Signet, Chromatic Lantern, Commander's Sphere, Demir Signet, on Sol Ring. Let's move on to card advantage. Sure. We have an opportunity for another little mini level up here. Okay, we're gonna clump a few things at first. We have a demonic tutor, a diabolic tutor, an idyllic tutor, and I'm going to count Limduel's Vault as well.
1: I was going to say count Limduel's Vault as well. I'll 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 go through what Limduel's Vault does, though. It's an instant for black, green, blue, black, blue. And it says, look at the top five cards of your library. Put them back in any order. You can pay one life to put those cards on the bottom. Look at the next five. Put them back in any order. You can do that as many times as you want.
0: Until you get the five that you want on top.
1: So essentially what it means is like... Just look through however many cards in your deck you need to to find the card that you need. So in that way, it's a tutor, and whatever life it costs you, it just costs you because generally you're just going to win the game. Yeah, routinely, routinely you'll see people pay you know three, four, five life. Five life will get let you see twenty five cards in your library.
0: You're you're going to find what
1: you need. Lots probably. of t- lots of times when you have lots of mana, you can just dig until you find your demonic tutor and then you can just cast it for two and search the rest of your library. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of times that's actually correct to do when you play another card that we're going to talk about in a minute because you want to cast multiple spells in a turn. Yeah. Been there. Yeah, I've (laughs) seen that happen. So our little mini level up here is the... And maybe Chris is just putting them into the same category to have more things in the same category, but for newer members of CCO Nation and Magic in general, tutors aren't card advantage unless you're going to find a card with them that nets you more cards or you are finding two cards yes tutors are one for one so they're usually card quality enhancers you use your demonic tutor which is just two mana to find the best card that you need for the scenario right now and that costs you the Demonic Tutor and two mana. So you're spending some amount of tempo or time or mana resource to increase your card quality. But you're not gaining any extra cards.
0: You still have four cards in your hand. Yes. One of them is really good, but you still have four cards in your hand.
1: Yes, and you've spent that tempo or that mana that you had to get that good card. So that good card might be uncastable. So you've... Now you have to wait, and you're you have to wait to gain that that advantage back by untapping your mana. So maybe Chris knows that. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's a level up for him. But
0: just remember that you're not actually gaining cards when you tutor. Let's clump some things that do gain you some cards. Everybody knows what these cards do, I think. in factor fiction, Mr. Cremora and Ristic Study, and Phyrexian Arena. Those are all going to
1: draw you cards over time. Well, I guess Factor Fiction draws you them right now. Typically, it draws you between two and three cards. Sometimes it'll draw you four, and you'll put one into your graveyard. Or it'll draw you one and put four into your graveyard. You can craft that scenario sort of to your advantage if you're playing some kind of graveyard strategy, which... Uh, I am I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that this deck does. Yeah, there's
0: a replenish, and there's some stuff to get some getterbacker stuff, but oh, for the most yeah. part, yeah. Factor Fiction is going to net you probably one or two cards. Yes. And then we've got a couple of, not weird includes, but cards that you don't see all the time in Soothsaying and Well of Lost Dreams. So let me see if I got Soothsaying.
1: It's an enchantment for blue. You could pay blue, blue three, shuffle your library. What? Strange. That's, that sounds like some Mercadian masks shit. It totally is for masks. Yeah, it is. You can pay X. Look at the top X of your library, put them back in any order. Now
0: that sounds like some mask shit,
1: too. Yeah, so shuffling is good. When you want to spend more than five, just shuffle. And that'll be made clear as to why you want to do that when we read the combo pieces. Yes, and the last one is Well of Lost Dreams. I like this one. I like this card. Whenever you gain life, you may pay X, where X is the amount of life you gained. Or less. And you draw X cards. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so if you gain two life, you can pay one mana and draw one card. Or pay two mana and draw two cards. If you gain ten life, you can pay ten mana and draw ten cards. Or five mana to draw five cards. Or one mana to draw one card. Very good. And that costs four. That is an artifact for four, so it's gonna be five mana before you draw one card and you have to gain life is it is it's it's cool card is it good Um, you know what in this deck it's good because you go untap uh gain my two life with a loro pay one draw an extra card yeah if you have an ancient
0: tomb you can gain two life and then pay those two life to draw two cards oh yeah we play an ancient tomb no no but he could there's another level up for you, That's just a deck suggestion. Yeah, cut the Azorius Chancery and play an Ancient Tomb. I like that. Yeah, man. Okay, so we've got two more categories. One one of them is the Taxes. I'm not sure why he calls them Taxes, because some of these aren't that, but we're going to just talk about them. I think that's just a, a clever name,
1: because the first card in the category is Land Tax, yeah. which if you have less lands than an opponent during your upkeep, you can search for three basics, put them into your hand. Sick. And you know what? That's an enchantment for just white. And to this day, I think you were making a mistake in thinking that you had to
0: search for planes with it. Yeah, because I'm so used to the white ramp card just finding planes. So even when I played it, I would just find planes with it. You can find any basic. Oh, it makes it way better. Not
1: specifically mana ramp, and that's why it's not included in like the acceleration category, because it's not putting them into play, but you'll never miss a
0: land drop with land tax. Which is important. You'll have cards in hand, you'll have land drops to make, and if you do what white does sometimes, we'll talk about that in a future episode probably, this is a really good card. Yeah. All right, moving on, we got a mana web. I don't know what this does, but I feel like you do. I do, actually. I just recently acquired one, and then immediately did not put it into the deck I bought it for, because <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Classic. This is, this is too feel baddies. So it's an artifact for three. Whenever any land an opponent controls is tapped for mana, you tap all lands that they control that could produce the same type of mana. So if I tap my swamp for a black, Everything would... that taps for black that you control also becomes tapped. Huh. And if you that's have that, a forest... That, that,
1: that turns pretty good with Urborg, hey? Yeah. Does that just work for opponents? Just opponents. That turns really good with Urborg. Are that's, we playing
0: that? We are. Yeah, we are. Ooh, baby. Yeah, that's a good that's card. That's a gooder. It's a good one. Ah, okay. And we've got a painful
1: quandary. Ooh, okay, this card's getting expensive, too. This is a five-drop enchantment, black, black, three. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player loses five life unless they discard a card. Ooh. Sometimes you got to be careful with this, because it's like, I'll cast a spell. Ooh, okay, Uh, discard my
0: Shieldred. Cast Reanimate. Sometimes, and I, I actually saw this happen once. This is a real thing I've seen happen. Somebody, what the hell did they cast? Could I cast an
1: Animate Dead? And then I have to target something that's currently in my graveyard when I put it onto the stack, so I can't discard to painful quandary prior to my animate dead to get the thing
0: I discard. I can't do that. You do need a target, but I have seen somebody do the uh, uh, living end. They cast living end and then discard it. I forget what it was. I think it was let's just say it was an Elish Norn. Okay, that's thing, pretty cool. And then they living ended it back.
1: Get a little bit. Be careful with that card. I think people yeah, like, see that lose five life thing and they're like, "Ooh, fuck!" Somebody people are gonna play eight spells. In a game to do 40. So they have to discard cards.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a cool card. I like it. But like, ooh, I've seen this thing turn turn around on you and just make your <laughs> life not that great. That's a good one. Uh, we have a Smothering Tithe. That gives you lots of mana.
1: We have a Tainted Remedy. Okay, so this is an enchantment for black, too. When a, if an opponent would gain life, they lose that much life instead. Hell yeah. So it's a replacement effect for gaining life. They don't gain it and then lose it and stay at the same amount.
0: They just lose it.
1: They just lose it instead. Yep. That
0: is a weird one. I'm not sure. What are we doing to make our opponents gain life? We're not. That's just to make sure that they can't gain life. This is a meta card. Like when I play Reign of Gore, that's a meta choice. It's not a super solid this is great. This is. A, I have a bunch of dirtbag friends that just play dirtily life gain shit. That's a mini level
1: up right there too. Is be aware that you can include meta cards. Maybe that Reigns of Power is a meta card as well. This card is a tough include when I'm not
0: giving my opponent's life. It is. But I'm, I'm, I, When I saw it, I was like, one, this card is awesome. Two, I'm sure that he's playing that because there's some kind of life gain deck in the format that he he doesn't want to deal with.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Life gain, I said this, I'm sure I said this three years ago in the first dozen episodes of CCO. I said, life gain, you watch. The the further removed we get from Infect being a boogeyman in the format, the better life gain gets. And the more... Interaction people are starting to play in decks with the average converted mana cost trending downwards, favoring cheap interaction and removal. Voltron strategies are getting worse. Life gain is getting better. I said that in the first 10 episodes. And you were right. And now here we are where we're playing every single deck has life gain in it because when you get up to like 50, 60, 80, you can start to win games just by
0: attacking and not caring about crackbacks. Yeah. That's how you win games now. Not dying on the crack back is important. Yeah. And the last one in this category is Torment of Hailfire.
1: This goes along with our Exanguinate and Debt to the Death list. This is an X card. They have to lose three life X times
0: or sacrifice a non-land permanent X times or discard a card X times. So they have to do one of those three things x times typically you cast that and win the game i don't think i've ever seen that cast where the person who cast it didn't just win yeah i
1: think it was maybe it took two turns when i cast it one time where it was like okay i'll pay three life like six times and then i'll sacrifice a bunch of land or sorry i'll sacrifice like my enchantment my mana rock my thing and then i can still have blockers so I attack in, all their blockers die. They give themselves like one draw to see if they draw a Wrath of God because they left four mana. Yeah. And they didn't. So it took me an extra turn.
0: Yeah. Like there's maybe not instant win, but usually if you cast that spell properly, you just win. Oh, yeah. Let's talk combo pieces real quick, right? This
1: is it. This is what we are playing every card in this deck to do to get us to the long game, to find our tutor, to be able to chain spells with a ton of mana. This is what
0: we're trying to accomplish. We have three, there's three two-card combos and a divining top. I think there's four. Is there four two-card combos? I think there's four. Okay. Let's see if we can parse them out, shall we? Okay, we have Ether Flux Reservoir, Bolas' Citadel. Those are, Bolas' Citadel allows you to
1: pay life to cast the top card of your library. Uh, it's CMC pay life.
0: Yes, if the card costs 7, you pay 7, you cast the card.
1: Flux Reservoir says
0: gain life for each spell you cast. The combo of course there being, you pay 4 life to cast a spell, it's the 5th spell you've cast, you go up 5 life yeah, and repeat. You,
1: you gain 1 more life every time you cast the next spell. So the first spell you gain 1 life then 2 life, then 3 life, then 4 life eventually, sure I might cast, you know, a Uh, a 6-mana Planeswalker, and a 7-mana this, and a 5-mana that. But if I'm gaining 13, 14, 18 life, I can cast my whole deck, and I've got my Soothsaying to be able to shuffle if I hit, like, 2 land in a row. Eventually, I'll be above 50, and I can just go Aetherflux Reservoir, pay 50 life, deal 50 damage. Our other option with Bolus's Citadel is tap, sacrifice 10 non-land permanents, each opponent loses 10 life so remember with Soren, if we set somebody to 10 now they just die we don't have to do anything else that'll so get them you set somebody to 10 and you bolus the citadel citadel them to death somebody who's at less than 50 you
0: ether flux them to death and we still have other combos to 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 go to get in there we also play Heliod the sun crown that's new Heliod and walking ballista that heliod lets you Give a creature
1: lifelink, and whenever you gain life, you put a plus one, plus one counter on a creature you control. Or an enchantment. (laughs) That's funny. You can put a plus one on him.
0: Yeah, I think that's why that's in there.
1: Yeah. So, walking ballista says, remove a plus one to deal a damage. If it has lifelink, you would then gain life... And Heliod triggers and puts a plus one on Walking Ballista. This is the combo in Commander that was partly responsible for the Walking Ballista spike. The Walkie B spike, if you will. I will. So two-card combo lets you just win the game off of like six mana. Eight mana because you have to have a Walking Ballista on X equals one, which costs
0: two mana. So there's our second two-card infinite. And the last one, I th- I think that this is probably one of the dir- this is the dirtiest thing since mindcrank butt cheek ascension, and it's sanguine bond and exquisite blood.
1: Yes, one says whenever you gain life, target opponent loses that much life, and the other one says whenever an opponent loses life, we gain that much
0: life. So it's just a cyclical thing where as soon as you lose life or gain life, everybody dies. Yes, very much so. The, the minute a life total changes. Everybody dies.
1: I thought that there was another combo in there, but I guess you're I guess you're right. Those are the combos. We're playing a sensei's divining top, which will allow us to put the top on top of our library if we hit that two land in a row lock, and then we can pay one life to cast the Sensei's divining top but it also with our you, walking ballista.
0: It also gives you basically infinite draws with Or infinite life, I guess, with the Aetherflux Reservoir. Because you can, you put it on, you draw it, you put it on top, you pay one life to play it, you gain 10 life. Yes. Do that over and 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 over again. Anyway.
1: Yes, all while drawing your whole deck.
0: Yes, while drawing, you draw your whole deck, gain all the life, and then Aetherflux Reservoir everybody to death. Yes. Dirty. Yes. Dirty. Very much so. Yeah.
1: So that's the deck. That is the whole deck. And here's the thing $1,000 deck. Yeah. Lots of. Combo wins, Pillow Fort, stacks Light. Those are all strengths. Well, $1,000 isn't, but... Yeah. Unless you have a million dollars, then spending only 1000 is great. <laughs> and then you're getting a bargain. Yeah, that's right. Those are all strengths. Weakness of the deck. You have to be an effective communicator. You have to be able to say, this isn't a CEDH deck, but I am playing CEDH caliber two-card combos and tutors to be able to find them. You have to be able to let your opponent know that that's what you're doing in order for them to say, can you play something else? I'm fine with that. Let me switch decks so they can be on
0: the same level or so you can be on the same level as them. Yeah. So, part of that weakness is you. if you like this deck, if this sounds, yeah, I'm going to build that. I want to do something just like that. You, you might not get to play it very often because unless you're going to be a scumbag that goes in there to try and roll pods for three hours and make no friends... You might not get to play it that often. It's like, hey, I want to play Laura, And they're like, ah, uh, you know, but I only have Torbrand. I can't really compete with that, so could you not? Yeah. And it's on you to be like, well, okay. And you know
1: what? That, that's how easy it can be. You know, uh, you, you just played it, or you played it last week against Torbrand, and that's the only deck I brought to FNM tonight. I can't compete with it. Do you have anything else in your bag just, like, for this game? I know... I know Aiden or whoever is playing that deck, like that one that they have that's super powerful.
0: Maybe you can jam a game with him after, but like that deck won't be fun for me. Yeah. It, it's a simple conversation, and as long as you're a cool person, you go, yeah, you know, sure. You shuffle something else up, and you're still going to have a great game of Magic the Gathering cards. You'll have a better game because
1: games are fun when the decks are equally powered and the play expectation is level. Yeah. And may- maybe that means, hey, I want to play a loro You want to play a loro I say, oh, let me switch decks to a more powerful
0: deck. Let me power up so I'm on the same level, so it'll be more fun. Yeah, because then you feel like the big man, like, oh, I see how it is. And you put your deck away, and you put it back in the thing, and you grab, like, the big deck box with the stickers on it and the knife sticking through it, and you're like, okay, <laughs> it's time. Yeah, it's just about getting onto the same page, right? <laughs> you got a combination lock on it. You unlock the deck box and take it off, and it goes, oh! You take the top off.
1: Ho oh. So let's get to let's get to some of the stats in spice calculator so you don't have to spend seventeen infinity hours editing. <laughs> sure. So we're looking at a Laurel. She's number one commander at Esper on EDHRec.com.
0: Puts him right above Zer the Enchanter and two above Aminatu the Fate Shifter. yeah, she's that high, hey. That doesn't surprise me. She was a Leela, wow. Look at that. That's the one that surprises Actually, Verena is the one that surprised me because F her.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> it. 1,988 decks.
0: 2,000 lists. Almost. Just about. Yeah, that's right.
1: By the time this episode's out, 2,000 <laughs> lists. <laughs> that makes it number one, yeah. 3.42 average CMC. So we like that. That's still an average CMC that you could consider as casual. Yeah. You're still playing
0: cards that are designed to be fun that's right
1: four tutors in the list it's gonna hurt you that is gonna hurt the old spice calculator but you know what the point of this deck was not only to showcase a patreon submission deck but also to showcase all of the opportunity that we have as a as a community to level up our game agreed so when we when we do the official spice calculation, there's only 24 cards that are different than the stock Alorol list on EDHREC.com.
0: Oh, apparently two. Th- apparently a thousand of those 2,000 lists are pillow 4 lists.
1: Yeah, and they play things like the Ether Flux and the yeah. Bola Citadel. Yeah. So when we punch it all in, sorry, Chris. Beep, boop, 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 boop. 28
0: Oh Ooh. no. Oh, that's milk that's been in the fridge for just a little bit too long.
1: Yeah, but not long enough for it to be like spicy again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. But you know what? I think it was a great deck to demonstrate the the absolute need for getting onto the same page as the people that you're
0: playing with. It's the its the thing that doesn't just level up your game. It level up your game outside the game. Levels up your magic experience. It levels up how you feel
1: about Commander. It levels up your, your knowledge of the culture of the format. And it also keeps people from getting sore at you. Yeah. People don't want to play you if this is like what you want to bust out every game because it isn't always the
0: most fun thing to play against. There are definitely decks that people have that we all play with that just don't have interaction for this. And, I mean, this one especially is kind of a... I don't want to say it's rough now, but there's lots more of these decks floating around now because of all the influx of really cool enchantments with the new set.
1: Oh, yeah. that's yeah.
0: There's a lot more Enchantress-style stuff, so a lot of this sort of thing is floating around a lot more. So... I mean, I feel like there's a lot of enchantment interaction getting packed into lots of decks now, which is very important, but uh, it's important to know when you're going to play against a deck like this because,
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. If, If I was playing this exact deck against Chris and he told me, and I was like, okay, that's the game you want to play, I would pick something that tries to go faster than it. That's what I would try and do. I would do something just as degenerate but faster. I'd play stacks. You, yeah, and this, this deck would be caught in the middle. It wants to stack you until it can go infinite. I would just go like infinite as fast as I can, and you would just play the slowest deck ever. <laughs> yeah. And I'd, We'd all be pulling our, our
0: hair <laughs> out. That would be the most miserable <laughs> game, wouldn't it? Because nobody's having any fun. Yeah. Except for the people watching us. Uh, yeah. And we're just sitting there like... <sighs> fuck. Every turn is That's how that would go. Oh, that would be terrible. But also lots of fun. See, there you go. See, we're going to talk about doing super degenerate scumbag-ass shit. And everybody's having fun still.
1: Yeah, that's the main... That's that's A1 level up right there. So, big thank you to Chris for sending the deck in. We like the write-up. We like the deck. I used to have a deck sort of like this, and I have moved on to far less degenerate and far more degenerate options. Yes. Thank our glorious overlords... Tell us about the Mystery Boosties. Give us a final thought of the day.
0: All right, Mystery Boosters and super, super Duper Sweet Deck Giveaway. You can get entered into that by getting at us at either CCO Podcast or CCO Brando on Twitter, commenting on one of our articles on face-to-facegames.com, leaving a comment on either the pre-show or maybe this video on YouTube. Get at us on Facebook, CCO Podcast, anywhere that you can find us. Interact with us. Help spread the word of the nation. We'll get you entered into win a sweet deck and or... Some number of mystery boosters that will have foil mana crypts, foil mana vaults, alternate art force of wills, misprint, dark visions, griffin canyons. They're all coming your way in those packs. I can almost guarantee it. And you will win if you enter. Guaranteed. As far as the deck goes, this is a cool deck. It's a cool archetype. You see them around EDH&Ms. And again, the level up here is just be communicative with what you're going to play and what you want to do so that everybody can get the most out of every game that they play with you and around the, the the table in general. you got to learn to communicate what it is you're trying to squeeze out of every game that you play so that everybody can enjoy the juice. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, big thanks to Face2FaceGames.com, are Canada's biggest magic store, for helping us keep the lights on. Thanks to all of you for being here, giving us a reason to keep the lights on and thank you for inviting us into your ear holes and other holes every single week. And we'll be back again next Tuesday with another episode of Commander Cookout Podcast HIT Our Theme Song!